Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast is brought to you by ProTranscript.com. Thank you very much for joining me today. And before we get to our two questions that I'm going to be answering from listeners, I want to tell you guys about a contest that's going to be running all during next week. I just want to give you guys a heads up on this. I'm going to be giving away a free Flip Ultra HD digital video camera. And for those of you who are on the internet looking for tennis instruction, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume you are, you know that video is a huge part of what's going on now as, as far as learning more about tennis and technique, etc. And when you have the ability to record yourself and look at your strokes and look at what you're doing, it's such a huge tool. And so I want to give a lucky person out there the ability to do that with HD video. And the flip cam is awesome for this. I've been using it myself. So I'm giving one away. And all you're going to have to do is listen to podcast 108, which is going to be out a week from today. And during that show, I'm going to give you guys the details on exactly how you can enter into that contest to win the flip cam and a lot of other stuff as well. So make sure you tune in next week. You're going to want to hear the podcast as soon as possible so that you can get entered right away into that contest. All right, let's go ahead and get down to business. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's go ahead and get going. And our first question today comes from Fred in Washington State, and he wants to have a little discussion about open versus closed stance in your tennis game. He wrote to me and said, you recently talked about open and closed stances, but you didn't seem to mention how closed and overclosed stances are tip- typically used when running around backhands and or working around jam shots. As working around being jammed, what is the best way to handle being jammed up on a serve, like being served at the left foot for a right-hander? Is the correct move to step back hard with the right foot and hit a closed or overclosed forehand return rather than some awkward and wimpy shot? At 3.5 and perhaps higher, I find a lot of the more successful servers tend to use jam serves instead of going wide for aces because correctly working around jams, jam returns is generally a weakness for a lot of players. On wide serves, returners get a racket on a wide shot can, fre- can frequently get a return using the power of the serve. Plus, unlike a wide serve, a jam serve has a lot of court space to miss and will still be a good serve. Uh, he means that you're basically aiming for the middle of the box, and so you've got a lot of margin for error there. All right, Fred. Well, thank you for the great question. And uh, yeah, the, the jam serve is, is definitely one that I think is, is underused. Fred says that he's, he sees it being used pretty often at a 3.5 level. And that's really good tactically. It's a great play for the people that you're seeing doing this. Now, before we get going with exactly how to move your feet to get around this shot, 
I want to I want to do everybody uh, the favor here and and give the three main types of stances and give a quick a quick definition of those so that you guys know exactly what I'm referring to here. And there's basically three main types of stances you can have at any point in time: open, square, or closed. Now, square stance is sometimes referred to as a neutral stance as well. And we'll start off with a, a square stance or a neutral stance. A square stance is one where your body is lined up 90 degrees to the baseline and your feet are making a line that's perpendicular to the baseline. So if you're right-handed and you have a forehand coming your way, your left foot would be pointing straight to the right if you're looking at the net and that's forwards uh, to the right would be the direction that both your right and left feet are, are pointing. And uh, if you drew a line between the toes on your right foot and the toes on your left foot, they would make a perpendicular line across the baseline. So you're, you're 90 degrees turned with your stance to the baseline. And that's really the, the main way to visualize it is, is if you drew a line between your, your feet, between the, the tip of your right foot and the tip of your left foot, if you drew a line and continued it, it would bisect the baseline at 90 degrees. Okay, so that's a square stance, or it's also called a neutral stance. Now, a closed stance is one where your left foot is farther across your body than square. So you're not 90 degrees anymore. Rather than that line being 90 degrees to the baseline, it's now closed, which means that if you're a right-handed player getting ready to hit a forehand, your left foot would be more to the right. So that would be creating a, a more of a closed stance. Your, your back would be more facing towards the net, and your chest would be more facing towards the back of the court. This is a, a closed stance. Fred used the, the term overclosed, which I'm pretty sure he, he uh, meant closed, uh, past 90 degrees to the baseline. I've never heard the, the phrase overclosed before, uh, but cl closed is typically uh, what, what's being used to refer to a stance that's more than 90 degrees. And again, your back is facing towards more towards the net and your chest facing more towards the back fence. That would be a closed stance. An open stance is the opposite. Your left foot is more to the left if, if you're a right-hander getting ready for a forehand and that opens you up more if you just stay straight and you're not twisting or, or turning your, your upper body at all. Now your chest is more facing towards the net and a wide open stance would actually have you facing straight forwards and the tips of your toes pointing straight forwards. And if we drew a line between the, the tips of your feet, the line would be parallel to the baseline. That's a wide open stance. And there, there's all kind of different stances in between. Uh, the, the ones I just mentioned opened is parallel to the baseline, closed, uh, I'm sorry, square or neutral is perpendicular to the baseline, and closed is past perpendicular to the baseline. Um, I guess you could say a full closed stance would be parallel to the baseline the other way, where your back is completely facing towards the, the net. Um, that would be completely closed, as opposed to completely open, where your, your chest is facing towards the net instead of your back. All right, so now that we have that out of the way, let's go ahead and, and continue talking about the different ways we can move our feet to get around shots that are jamming. And the most common are return of serve, which Fred mentioned, and volleys as well. Players very often get jammed up by volleys when they're at the net. Now, the worst thing you can do when you start getting jammed up by a shot is nothing 
do not stand there and let the ball jam you. Uh, the, the closer the ball gets to your body, the more inhibited you are in terms of different techniques that you can use to hit the ball. Everything gets jammed up. Your, your arms, your, you know, you know, your arm gets close to you, the racket gets close to you, and it's very difficult to hit an effective shot. So you, you've got to do something, and, you have, and it's a good idea to practice moving your feet to get around a jamming shot. Uh, you've just got to make an attempt to get in a comfortable position. Just have to. So what should you do? And I, I'm going to talk about two different circumstances here, one where the ball is coming right at you, and the other one that that um, Fred was talking about when the ball is kind of to one side or the other a little bit, but it's coming into your body. It's not going to be a comfortably positioned shot if you just stand there and do nothing. Let's talk first about the shot that comes directly at you. First of all, I, I want you guys to pick the stronger side. When the ball is coming directly at you, you've got your choice. You can pick either a forehand or a backhand, and you should be picking the one that you're most confident with and that you're most comfortable with. Uh, don't don't feel like you have to hit a forehand or you have to hit a backhand. You should practice moving towards your more confident side so that you can hit the best shot possible. And for myself, it's my forehand. And whenever I, I possibly have the choice between a backhand and a forehand, I always hit a forehand because my, my forehand is better. And so tactically, it just makes sense to hit as many forehands as possible. So how do you do this? Well, you want to pivot around your opposite foot, around back in a circle. And let me explain this. For, for those of you who are right-handed, I just want you guys to visualize this. Let, let's pretend you're getting ready to return serve. Your opponent hits a hard, flat serve that's coming right at your body. And again, you're right-handed. And what I said was pivot around your opposite foot. So if you're right-handed, I'm going to say your opposite foot is your left foot. And what you want to do is pivot around that foot and turn your body back. And so your right foot should pivot back around your left to get yourself turned to the side. And once you get yourself in a square stance where your right foot has pivoted back around behind your left and you're in a square stance, at that point you would want to take several small quick steps on the balls of your feet to move yourself back and that, that would end up moving yourself to the left to, to move yourself out of the way of the oncoming ball. And that's going to move your body out of the way of the ball and allow you to hit at the right side of your body. Let me repeat that one more time. So you're in a ready position facing forwards. You identify the ball is coming right at you. You're going to want to take your right foot, pivot around your left foot, which is going to stay planted to allow you to turn your body back. Turn yourself back so that you're in a square stance. Take several small steps back, so towards where your back is facing, which is going to end up being to the left side of the court, and take several small, quick, little steps to move yourself out of the way of the oncoming ball. That's the best footwork you can, that you can possibly use to get yourself out of the way. Now, if you're a lefty, it would be the opposite. You would take your left foot and pivot it, pivot it around your right foot, and then move yourself back quickly towards the right assuming that you're you're trying to hit a forehand. If you're trying to hit a backhand for either way, it would be the opposite. But this pivoting and turning and the, the, the taking a quick, quick little steps on the balls of your feet is the most important part. That's what's going to actually move yourself out of the way. Uh, that's the best footwork to use. Now, what if the ball is coming to one hip or another? Or as Fred described it, uh, he said a righty 
with the ball coming towards his left foot. And I can tell you guys that in, in college tennis, uh, when I was playing doubles, we would, we would commonly aim for hips. So if I was playing a righty, I would aim for their left hip and, and try to jam them up on their backhand side. That would be a common way for, for me to, to communicate that to my partner. If the ball is coming towards one side or the other, but it's not comfortable, if it's not giving you enough space that you're, you're able to hit a comfortable, confident swing and it's going to be jamming you up, then it, it depends on kind of how difficult exactly the shot is. If you have enough time, pick your stronger side and still move in that direction. So Fred was, was mentioning a serve that comes at his left foot. Well, Fred, if you've got the time to get around it and you can hit a forehand, then do it if your forehand is better. Don't, don't settle for a backhand if you don't have to. If you have time to get around it, do use your forehand swing. You just really better make sure that you've got enough time to get around that ball. And you would use the same footwork that I described for when the ball comes directly at you. If you don't have enough time and, and the ball is really getting on top of you quickly and you don't have a chance to get around and hit your more com- confident shot, then you're going to have to unfortunately settle for your backhand side or whichever side the ball happens to be coming towards. And at that point, you would do the same footwork, but you would just pivot around the other way. And so for you, a backhand, Fred, you would take that left foot, pivot it back around your right, take those quick steps to the right to move your body out of the way. And this is something you guys need to practice. You can practice it without even being on a tennis court. Just practice the footwork, practice doing it quickly and pivoting, moving back probably two, three quick little steps to get to the side, and then make your swing. Go back to a ready position and do it again. It's important to practice this stuff so that in the middle of a match, you guys can do it without thinking about it. And obviously doing this on a practice court would be very valuable as well. Now let me talk briefly about volleys. I mentioned that volleys are the other shot that people really tend to get jammed, jammed during. And the reason for this is because you're close to the net. And so you don't always have a lot of time to react to the ball. It's not like a, a ground stroke where the ball is bouncing and you've got time to, to set yourself up. The ball is coming right at you, and there's very little time to react to the shot. Now, to avoid it, I've got a couple things for you guys to keep in mind and, and to do. First of all, you must learn how to use a split step. This is very, very important. You guys, if, if you're not split-stepping already, you've got to start doing it. And, and this goes for the return of serve too, but especially for the volleys because of your lack of time. You've got to get yourself in a wide, ready position on the balls of your feet. You've got to get your feet moving before the ball starts coming to you so that you're activated and your body's ready to move and you're, you're kind of up on your toes and you're ready to go. You've got to have that physical readiness to be able to move out of the way of these shots. You, you cannot be flat-footed and effectively move out of the way of the ball when it comes right at you. So uh, that's number one, the split step. Number two, go ahead and have a mentality. Assume you're going to have to move somewhere. Do not be complacent either mentally or physically when you're at the nets. You don't have the time to be lazy again, either mentally or physically. And and the split step is the physical part of it. And mentally, you just need to be alert and aware and just assume you're going to have to move somewhere. And I I think a lot of times where club players make a mistake and really get jammed is, is they're just waiting for the ball. And it's like, all right, 
come on, ball, go ahead and get to me. And whenever the ball gets to me, I'm going to hit my volley. And that's not good enough. You need to you need to kind of have a, uh, an assumption or a, a readiness in your head that when this ball gets hit by my opponents, I'm going to move somewhere. And it might be to my right, it might be to my left, the ball, or the ball might come right at me, and I'm going to have to move somewhere. Uh, don't ever think that it's just going to come right to your racket because it's just not going to happen very often. Now, uh, last thing I'm going to mention here, as far as the volleys go, keep in mind, everybody, that a backhand volley is going to be easier to hit when you are being jammed. And a lot of club players prefer their forehand volley, which is a shame because they, they go through this big movement with their feet to try to get out of the way to hit a forehand when a backhand is a lot easier to hit when you do get jammed up. And the reason for this is your your elbow and your arm can slide out of the way and move out to your dominant side. So if you're right-handed, your your right elbow would kind of drag out to your right from a ready position, and your racket face can go ahead and slide right in front of your body. And so you can hit with the backhand side of your racket literally right in front of your body if, if it's an extreme emergency and you cannot get out of the way of the ball you can slide your, your arm out to your right, get the racket right in front of you, and you can play a defensive volley that way. Try to do that with a forehand. It's very difficult. It's virtually impossible to, do, to hit the same shot that's coming directly at your stomach with a forehand volley. So, so keep that in mind, that a backhand is probably going to be your best friend when you really get into a pickle, and it's a tough situation at the net. All right. Um, I, actually, you know what? I'm going to add one more thing. <laughs> uh, when you do get jammed and you have time to get out of the way at the net, it's the same footwork as on the, the ground strokes. You want to pivot around your, your opposite foot, get out of the way, and get your body to the side so that you can make contact at the side of your body when you're up there at the net. And that's, I'm going to close with that on this topic. But Fred, thanks very much for your question. I, I really appreciate the, the great topic for me to talk about. And if you have any further questions about this, definitely let me know. Thanks very much for being a listener. Okay, next up, I'd like to recognize a couple very important people who sent in donations over the last two weeks. First of all, James in the UK donated $10. John in real life in California donated $100 to the podcast. Thank you very much, John. Also, Gerard in Germany donated $50. Uh, and Gerard, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly. I'm probably not. Dan in Washington State donated $50 to the show. Thank you, Dan. And I had two regular subscription donors, one from Shelly in New Mexico with a $10 subscription payment this, this uh, month, and John M. in Texas with a $5 subscription donation. Thank you guys very much. So to you six, thank you guys so much for your donations. I really appreciate it. That really helps me out in, in the, the normal expenses I have from week to week and month to month as I continue to run the, the website and the podcast and continue to try to improve them. And if the podcast has helped you and if it's helped improve your game, I would really appreciate your support if you could do a monthly donation or a one-time donation. Either way, I, I always appreciate so much. So thank you to you six. And if you would like to donate to the show, simply go to EssentialTennis.com and there's a link on the lower right that says Donate.
All right, let's get back to the questions. And we've got one here from Gorin. And don't have a location on Gorin, but he's a 3.5 player and wrote to me and said, how do I effectively play in windy conditions? Could you address maybe serving strategies and ground strokes? I I understand a lot on proper footwork, but is there anything else? I have a good attacking topspin forehand, but every time during a windy match, my forehands seem to be sailing out a lot or into the net, and it really hurts to see my forte go away like that. Well, sure, uh, Goran, I'd be happy to talk about that. And I've got an outline here that's going to discuss several things that you really need to pay close attention to in the wind. And this is something that all of us have to deal with at some point or another. And I'm actually a little surprised that I've yet to talk about this. This is going to be the first time I've talked about playing in windy conditions. But it's such an important thing to to understand and to practice. A lot of times um, where I work, where we have both indoor and outdoor uh, courts, when conditions get really windy, people like to go inside where it's easier. Don't do that. If you guys have the, the option... Don't run away from elements like that, whether it be sun or, or wind or outside distractions. Uh, put yourself in the middle of these situations to, to make yourself a tougher player uh, and so that you learn how to deal with stuff like this. First of all, and Goran talked about this in his question, he, he talked about footwork. Footwork is key, and this is the, the first thing that you guys need to be aware of. And I've got four different things that you guys can use to help yourselves out in the wind. The first one is footwork. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it kind of goes without saying. You cannot stop moving your feet at any time, ever, when you're playing in really windy conditions. The ball will continue to move. It's going to float from side to side or maybe bounce higher or lower than you're used to, and it will catch you off guard. That's just a given when you're playing in really windy conditions. And so you have to kind of anticipate that and expect it and you've got to continue to move your feet. A lot of little steps, quick little steps, and continuing to improve your position. Even when you think you're already in the right spot, just keep moving your feet, even if it's in place, so that you're, you're kind of already going and you're ready to move if the way the ball bounces or travels in the air catches you off guard. So that's number one of four. You've got to keep your feet moving. Number two, mentally prepare yourself to play safer. You cannot play usually. Well, I'm going to go ahead, go ahead and say never. You should never play as aggressively as you normally do in really windy conditions. And adjustments you should make are aiming farther inside the lines. So if you get an easy forehand and it's a shot you would normally aim three feet from the line on in trying to pressure your opponent, you're trying to maybe put the ball away, give yourself five feet or four feet. Give yourself extra room. You cannot afford to hit the your, your same normal aggressive shots whenever you would normally hit aggressive. You can't hit as aggressively because the wind is going to make changes to your shot that you're probably not going to always be aware of. So when it's really windy, make it a little safer as far as your target is concerned. So be a little bit less aggressive. Also, more height over the net. Using more topspin is very important. Uh, you, you cannot afford to be impatient and annoyed also. Uh, actually, let me go back to the second to last one. Uh, the more height uh, with topspin, uh, make sure that it is with topspin and you're not just floating the ball up into the air where the wind can, can grab it and, and carry it too far. 
If you're not able to hit with a lot of topspin on your ground strokes, then be careful with this. And it depends on which direction the, the wind is blowing exactly. But be aware of the direction of the wind. And if, you, if you're not able to hit with topspin to pull the ball back down into the court again, then then just be careful. <laughs> and you just can't be as aggressive. If you are able to hit with heavy topspin, that would be the best because you can aim higher over the net and the topspin will help pull the ball back down into the court again. That's really ideal is to be able to hit with heavy topspin and give yourself some good clearance over the net to make it a safer shot. And uh, as far as mentally preparing yourself to play safer, be patient. Don't get easily annoyed. You're, You're going to make mistakes you probably normally don't. And you can't afford to be impatient and get angry and start hitting aggressively and trying to finish the points quickly, Uh, at least not most of the time, unless you're just having a really good day, which in the wind (laughs) normally doesn't happen. Let's let's be honest. Normally, we don't have good days in the wind. And so you've got to be patient and be safe and, and take your time out there. You don't want to rush yourself because you'll probably just rush into more and more errors. And that tends to snowball for a lot of people, and they'll kind of get annoyed and frustrated. And as a reaction to that, they'll hit even more aggressively and then make more mistakes. And that's just something that you can't afford to do. So that was number two, mentally prepare yourself. Number three, you must be able to adjust your targets based on the wind. Here's what I mean uh, mean by that. It depends on the direction of the wind. If you've got a wind that's blowing from side to side, so from right to left or from left to right, the ball is going to drift, obviously, in, in that direction. And as this becomes a pattern, you have to account for it based on which side you're on. And that means if the ball is, uh, I'm sorry, if the wind is blowing strongly from your right to your left and you're hitting a cross-court forehand and you're, you're right-handed, you've got to give yourself more margin for error. And hopefully you, you've already got a lot of experience practicing aiming I've talked a lot in other podcasts about practicing your ground strokes and having a target. Hopefully you've done a lot of that and you've aimed for targets specifically so that when you get out in the wind and you're playing in tough conditions, you can literally adjust that target closer inside the lines or closer to the lines. Maybe you're hitting into the wind and let's say the wind is blowing from your left to your right strongly and you're trying to hit a cross-court forehand on your right side and so you're, you're hitting into the wind well now you've got to adjust your target to be more to the left than you normally would and so you've got to be able to make these adjustments and to do this you've got to have some practice hitting for a physical target an actual target on the court so that you can make these adjustments now if the wind is back to front if it's blowing either at your face or at your back then your shots are either going to sail much farther or they're not going to travel anywhere at all. And, and uh, Goran, it sounds like this is kind of where you have a hard time because you talked about your forehand either always going out or always going into the net when you're playing into the wind, or I'm sorry, playing in the wind. So it sounds like this is where you really have the most trouble. And this is difficult on ground strokes. And examples of this would be if the wind is blowing really strongly at your back, you cannot hit the same ground stroke you normally would. The, the wind can really carry a, an aggressively hit ground stroke. And so when it's really blowing hard at your back, you've got to aim a little lower, and you need to put more topspin on the ball. If, and again, for those of you who don't know how to hit topspin, 
God help you. <laughs> you're you're going to have to really just aim lower to keep the ball from going farther, and you're, you'll probably end up having to pull back on your strokes as well and not hit quite as aggressively. If you do know how to hit with topspin, you should hit with more topspin, less drive, should not be trying to hit the ball quite as hard, but really make it loop and come back down into the courts. You cannot you cannot afford to just hit the ball up in the air and have the wind carry it. You've got to put some good topspin on it to have it come back down. Now, if the wind is blowing at your face really hard, then it's the opposite. You've got to get the ball up into the air uh, because we've got to make it carry. We need to make it go farther. Otherwise, it's going to miss into the net, or even if you don't hit the net, everything's going to land short and weak because of the wind that's blowing into your face. And so when this is happening, you've got to hit more of an aggressive shot. You've got to get more height so that the ball travels farther and you're not hitting everything into the net or, or short and sitting up for your opponents. Those are some specific examples of, of things and adjustments you're going to have to make uh, when it's really windy out. So that was number three. You have to be able to make target adjustments based on the wind. And number four coming up, use the wind to your advantage. And you guys can actually take windy conditions and, and use them to work for you if you're smart. And if, if you really look for your, your opportunities, and I, I'm just going to mention two specific examples here to give you guys some ideas, but, but you can find other ways to, to use the wind as well. One specific situation might be uh, to match up your strength that you already have with the wind. And an example of this would be if you're right-handed and you have a good slice serve, you have a good wide slice serve on the deuce side and you're right-handed and you're, you're good at serving out wide. If the wind is blowing from your right to your left, then that's perfect. And, and really spin, get, go out there and really try to kick that slice serve out wide. And you're going to have to aim a little more to the right than you normally do because the, the wind is going to carry the ball farther to the left. So you can't aim for the line. You've, you're going to have to aim inside the line a, probably a couple more feet than you normally do. Uh, you know, it depends on how strong the, the wind is exactly. But uh, when that wind is blowing hard from your right to your left, use that good slice serve and, and really put a ton of spin on it, and the ball is going to travel way, way out to the left and travel from right to left more than it normally would. And, and that, that's a way that you can actually use the wind. And another example I, I have is to come to the net when the wind is at your back, when the wind is blowing into your opponent's face uh, really hard, and it's making it difficult for them to hit shots that are very penetrating and very pressuring to you because the wind is kind of holding their shots back, come up to the net. It's going to make passing shots and lobs very difficult for them. So pressure them and, and you know do it on purpose. If the wind is really blowing at your back, just kind of put a ball up into the air and have the wind carry it deep into their side of the courts, run into the net and put yourself there and challenge them and say, all right, let's see if you can hit a passing shot into the wind past me or, or hit a, a lob that doesn't sit up really easy for me because the wind is blowing in your face. And so if you, if you really think critically and, and think about what's going on around you, you can use the wind to your advantage. It doesn't always have to be something that's terrible, although I understand it, it can be very difficult. So, Goran, there's my advice to you. And the four tips again, we're using tons of footwork. You got to move your feet a lot. Mentally prepare yourself to play safer. You have to be able to adjust your targets based on the wind. And number four, use the wind to your advantage when you have the chance. 
So thanks very much for your question, Goran. I, I appreciate it very much. Hopefully this is helpful to you. And let me know if you have anything further. All right. That does it for this week's episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast, episode number 107. Remember to definitely tune in next week. And episode 108 will be coming out on March 8th, 2010. And usually I I release them late morning or early afternoon Eastern Standard Time here in the U.S. Uh, Not always, but but usually around that time on, on Monday. So a week from today on Monday, the 8th, definitely get that podcast as soon as you can so that you can submit your entry to be able to win that free flip cam, uh, the Ultra HD flip cam. Uh, definitely get your name in, into the hat there and maybe you'll have a chance of winning or you will have a chance of winning. And I've got uh, a lot of other prizes up for grabs as well. So it's not just that and all of them are free. So definitely check that out next week. Until then, thank you guys very much for tuning in. I appreciate your support of the show by downloading the podcast and listening to it. And I will talk to you guys next week. Take care and good luck with your tennis. 